in that moment, I realized, I hope you don't mind me saying this, but I was just like, Mary, you're a badass. And I just felt so much empowerment from her. I just realized that how we look at Mary is how we should value women. Hello, welcome to the Crazy Catholic Convert Podcast. I'm your host, Karen. If you were to ask me why I became Catholic, I would say short answer, beauty, goodness, truth. Long answer, well, that's why I'm creating this podcast. Ever since I became Catholic, I felt called to evangelize. I have stories to tell, and I know other Catholics do too. Our faith is a gift. It should be shared. For my first episode, I would like to share with you the first talk I ever really gave about my faith. It's the story of how I changed my mind on one of the church's possibly most controversial teachings, and that is their stance against contraception. I've given versions of this talk a few times. This particular time, I was supposed to give the talk for the RCIA class of 2020, but thanks to COVID, I recorded it and gave it online. So now I can share it once again with all of you. The church's stance against contraception was actually the hardest thing for me to accept in my conversion to Catholicism. And it's so funny because after I changed my mind, I just became so passionate about it. So you're kind of going to hear my conversion story too. I won't go into how I became a Christian. It's too long. I'll just say I was Christian before I became Catholic. And this is a whole nother story, but that's actually kind of how I met my husband, Ryan. So he was Catholic. I was not. So we didn't share the exact same faith, but we had the same values. And that's important when you're trying to find a spouse. So thanks to Ryan, I really was open to learning about the Catholic faith because I just wanted to raise a family where our faith was a big part of our life. It wasn't just on Sunday mornings. And from how Ryan was raised, that seemed like the Catholic faith had a good system to encourage that type of life. I know I said this in my last talk, but I've always been a big action, speak louder than words type of person, which is one of the reasons why I love the Catholic faith, because we believe you're saved through grace, which is faith and works. So I was going to have you look up this quote. It's, it's a Bible passage, Psalm 119.5. Oh, that my actions would consistently reflect your principles. That was like the theme of my whole journey of changing my mind in this conversion process. I was just always asking myself, do my actions reflect your principles? And when it came to contraception, I really didn't know at first. So even though I did marry Ryan in the Catholic church, I wasn't Catholic yet. So I'm ashamed to say it, but like I said, this is my conversion story. I wasn't Catholic yet. I was on birth control when I first married Ryan. I did know about NFP, but I didn't think it would work for me because I was just so irregular. Ryan's military. And so I just thought, what if the only time I can visit is when I'm fertile? So it does make it tricky being military, but um, it's still doable. No one has ever died from not having sex. So also my grandmother had 10 children using the rhythm method. I just want to emphasize NFP is not the rhythm method, but I didn't know that. And I was so wrong. I just want to say right off the bat that 
oh, I was wrong, <laughs> but this is my conversion story. And actually NFP is just as accurate, if not more accurate than contraception, if you can practice it correctly. So the main reason I think that most women, at least for me anyways, that I was on birth control is because I'm a people pleaser. And Ryan never actually wanted me to go on the pill, but we were both worried about the possibility of having children when he was in school and I was finishing grad school. And so I equated having a baby to more stress for Ryan. And I knew that Ryan was already under a lot of stress. So I thought it was just going to make life easier for us. I just didn't want to mess with all of that. But I was wrong. So after I married Ryan, becoming Catholic was like, yeah, on my to-do list. I was like, oh, I got to finish grad school first. I'll get to it. But God had other plans. And my cousin gave me this book. It's called Rome Sweet Home. I say I have a theology crush on Scott Hahn. So after I read that book, I wanted to become Catholic. It was that good. (laughs) But I still had trouble accepting their stance on birth control. But the reasons they gave in this book started getting me thinking in just a totally different way. And I love this quote by G.K. Chesterton. He said, to become Catholic is not to leave off thinking, but to learn how to think. So anyways, here are some tidbits from what they mentioned in this book about contraception. Marriage, actually, I'd never heard this before. It reflects the Trinity. It's supposed to. The Father, Son, Holy Spirit. You have husband, wife, and life-giving love they share. Use contraception. You're missing that third piece that reflects the Trinity. Marriage also reflects God's love for us. And what did God do for us? He gave us his life. This is my body, my whole body, given up for you. So we're supposed to do the same thing. We don't say, here, this is my body, oh, but not my reproductive self. When you use contraception, you're holding back and you're unable to give a complete gift of yourself. So here's some other things that they mention. The marital act, aka sex, is a covenant act, and it's unique because all other covenants show God's love and transmit God's love but it is only in the marital covenant that the love is so real and powerful that it communicates life. So Kimberly, Scott Hahn's wife, was actually the one who first found all of this out from the scripture, and then she told her husband about it. Looking at scripture, she found that every verse that spoke about children spoke of them as only and always a blessing. There was no proverb that cautioned about the expenses of a child outweighing his worth. There was no blessing pronounced over the man or woman who had perfect spacing between children or the couple who had the right number of childless years before shouldering the burden of children. So it's interesting, a lot of the stuff that she mentions is really just from our culture. It's not from God. So going back to that whole, oh my, that my actions would consistently reflect your principles, I was not so sure about it still. I mean, I was like, maybe I'm going by the world's principles instead of God's principles. So then Kimberly covered two other considerations. First is Christ's lordship. This is going to be a question for you guys, but... Just answer in your minds. Do you ever just don't really feel like going to Mass, but then you end up making the time to go and it's like a great homily or you just really felt God's presence or maybe not at all, but you still were really glad you went because you know 
time with God is not wasted. So I think that NFP is kind of like that. God provides. She also said, it's hard sometimes to discern the will of God when we live in a culture that doesn't make what God wants seem good or perfect. And again, going back to that, well, that my actions would consistently reflect your principles. Were they the world's principles or God's principles? So at first, though, going off the pill didn't really feel like the right thing to do. But I can tell you now from living it that it actually just brought me all the reasons that I became Catholic. Beauty, goodness, and truth. And if you're still not convinced, that's okay, because I wasn't either. So I'm a nosy person, and it just so happened that there was a friend in my grad school class that was Catholic and who was also engaged. So I went up to her and I was like, I just read this. Are you doing the whole NFP thing? And she goes, I am, but I won't judge you if you don't. And it just like took me aback. I was kind of hoping oh, she'd be in that, I don't know what it is, 80% or so of Catholics that don't even use NFP. And I was like, man, why do you have to be so good? You know, <laughs> but really I'm so thankful because it just really inspired me to try to be a better, holier person. And so she gave me a book. It's like a dumbed down version of Theology of the Body. And so I, of course I read it and here's some things that just kind of stood out at me. One was, because you are made in the image and likeness of God, who is love, you will never find fulfillment in a relationship that does not reflect his love for you. And who doesn't want a fulfilling relationship, right? And then this next line really appealed to me. Every woman who wants to fulfill her destiny must look to Mary as the ideal. So even as a Protestant, I had an interest in Mary. I can't remember when it started, but when I watched The Passion of the Christ, my favorite scene is always when Jesus falls down and it has that flashback to when he's a little boy and Mary runs up to him and says, I'm here, I'm here. So after I read this, I asked myself, well, what if Mary was on birth control? If she can't get knocked up by the Holy Spirit, is Jesus just never born and we all go to hell? I mean, I just could not get this question out of my mind. What if Mary had been on birth control? But I'm also the type of person that likes to have a rationale for everything I do. Like, I can see why you should wait until you're married to have sex. I think it's smart. I think it protects the woman from being hurt. But I could not see a rationale for natural family planning. And then I realized, you know, there are a lot of things that don't make sense in the faith. Like when Jesus is explaining the Eucharist, take and eat, this is my body given up for you. Peter doesn't say, oh yeah, that makes sense. He just says, to whom shall we go? And I feel like that's the point that I was maybe finally at. I was just like, to whom shall I go? <laughs> and so I just knew I had to take that leap of faith, even though I didn't totally understand it and do what Mary, you know, is quoted in the last words of the Bible, do whatever it is he tells you to do. So then I prayed and I Skyped Ryan. We were actually, I don't know if I said this apart our first year we were married. And I said, Ryan, I can't take birth control anymore. I've changed my mind. And he said, to be honest, Karen, I never liked the idea of you on birth control. And I was like, what? Why didn't you tell me? I thought this was going to be a huge stressor. And he said, yeah, a baby would be a great stressor, but it would also be a great joy. 
And I thought, you know, he's right. And I I hate to be sappy, but it was just kind of like falling in love all over again. So I stopped taking birth control and it felt good. I was like, okay, now my actions reflect your principles, right? But I still kept wondering, will I regret this decision? I really wanted to just give my children the best life possible. And I worried that if I happened to get pregnant while I was still in school, I just wouldn't be able to be the best mom for them. So I still had doubts. But then I was visiting Ryan over Christmas. I remember it was during the Advent season. And we went to Mass together. And the homily was about Mary. Which, of course, piqued my interest because she had, you know, already played such a big role in my decision. And it was about how she always said yes to God, no matter what. And this isn't verbatim, but the priest said, Mary said yes to God. And I bet even if Mary knew what she would have to go through, watching her son be crucified, she would still say yes. She would not regret her decision to say yes to God. And at that moment, I was just sold. It's It spoke right to me because I was always wondering, well, I regret this. And I thought, if Mary would not regret that decision, then how can I not say yes to? And so I think it's kind of awkward when you go to Mass and you're not Catholic. And Ryan used to say, well, you know, you can cross your arms and receive a blessing. And I was like, no, that's what the little kids do. I'll just sit in the pew. But during that Mass, I really wanted to go up there. So I probably looked like a deer in headlights because I was just like, oh, he's going to think maybe I'm receiving, but I'm an adult. Will he be confused? And I think he could tell that something was happening because he didn't give me like the little blessing. He put his hand right on me. He goes, God bless you in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. It's a very thorough blessing. And so I held it together during mass. And then we get out to the car. I just started bawling. I was just like, Ryan, I'm ready to be Catholic now. So anyways, I became Catholic, the Easter Vigil of 2015. And at that point in my life, I was always kind of wondering, could I be pregnant? Because I had stopped taking birth control. And I forgot to show you this book, but I was trying to figure out how to do this whole NFP thing. And I was like, yeah, my charts don't look like that. So when I stopped taking birth control, I finally realized that I had a fertility problem. So eventually I went to a military hospital and they did an ultrasound, drew some labs, told me that I had PCOS and offered to put me on Clomid, which is a medicine that makes you ovulate. And I kept thinking, okay, what if this doesn't work? Then what? Their IVF clinic was just down the hallway. And of course, this was all really hard for me because I'd always just wanted to be a mom. And I thought it was kind of ironic that just a year ago, I had been struggling with their belief in contraception. And here I was maybe going to struggle with their belief on IVF. But I learned my lesson and I was like, no, I just need to trust God. And I just remember like looking around at the clinic and they have all these ads for contraception. And I just wanted to be like, you don't know the truth. So it's so funny. I know it it seems crazy, but it just takes a leap of faith and then you see it. So I ended up just going on a calling campaign, trying to find a Catholic OB-GYN who could take me soon. And so these people, they're actually called NAPRO physicians, and I couldn't say more good things about them. So this is another little tangent. 
you guys know I go on tangents sometimes, but these neighbor physicians, they do a fellowship at the Pope Paul VI Institute. And Pope Paul VI is the Pope who wrote Humanae Vitae. So I didn't know this, but it used to be that all denominations were against contraception. And then one by one, they kept saying, oh, maybe we'll make exceptions for couples for child spacing. And so everyone was wondering, okay, is the Catholic Church going to change their, actually it's a she, her mind too? And Pope Paul VI said, let me pray about it. And so he did. And then he wrote Humanae Vitae, which basically says in a word, no. <laughs> but anyways, little tangent. I thought that was interesting. Now, keep in mind, I get free health care at the military hospital, but my drive to Houston, the out-of-pocket dollars, it was worth all of it. This Catholic ob she spent so much time talking with me about what she would do if, in fact, I did have PCOS, which was much different than what they were going to do, throwing me on some medication, being like, good luck, hope it works. So for some reason, I think that Catholicism gets a bad rap for being maybe behind the times because they don't allow contraception or IVF. But actually, they're really ahead of the times, I think, because contraception doesn't treat the cause. It just kind of puts a Band-Aid over the symptoms so that, like me, you may not even know you have a problem until you stop taking the contraceptions. And Catholic OB-GYNs, they actually try to figure out the cause. And it's amazing. This is another random tangent, but I think I'll go there. So I have a girlfriend who was charting and she was really frustrated because she wasn't getting pregnant. And she brought her charts into a napro physician and all he had to do was look at her charts. And he was like, oh yeah, I bet you your progesterone is low. And so he supplements her on some progesterone and two weeks later she's pregnant. So it's just amazing what they can do. Anyways, back to my story. On my way out from this Catholic ob clinic in Houston, they had a chapel. And of course I had to stop in. I was just so thankful because they were like, no, we can help you get pregnant without using IVF. So I was so relieved. And I knelt down, they had a statue of Mary. And as a Protestant, we don't have statues of Mary. And I never noticed it before, but she's just got her hands down by her side looking up like this, but she's crushing the snake which is Satan. And in that moment, I realized, I hope you don't mind me saying this, but I was just like, Mary, you're a badass. And I just felt so much empowerment from her. And I was thinking about how they have this church dogma that Mary is ever virgin. And I really didn't think that much of it. But then I was like, you know, Mary stands for more than just giving Joseph sexual pleasure or children of his own. And I just realized that how we look at Mary is how we should value women. Sorry, another tangent, but I know people, sometimes they don't think that the church really respects women maybe because they can't be priests. They can't, I don't know, be popes, but it's actually not true at all. And in fact, this fun tangent, we were reading the commentary on St. Thomas Aquinas about Genesis, how God takes Eve not from the head to rule above men, not from the feet to be underneath them, but from the rib. So like saying that we're equal, different, we have different roles, but equal, which 
I'm sure maybe you guys have heard this before, how that kind of foreshadows Christ dying for us, how he was pierced in the rib and what was born was the church, the blood and the water. Anyways, so cool. I love the Catholic faith. It's so interesting to me. But anyways, so in that moment, I had just never felt so empowered because when you have a fertility problem, sometimes you just feel a little broken, you know, a little useless, but I really felt my worth and I was really comforted through Mary again. She's just been with me my whole journey. And so after about a month of charting, I talked with my neat pro doctor again in a phone consult, and it turns out she didn't even think I had PCOS. So I would have been misdiagnosed and probably mistreated. All I had to do was keep charting, gain weight. I did one round of HCG shots, and which I took only based on my charting when I was ovulating, and I got pregnant. So that's just one other reason why I say, thank goodness I'm Catholic, because if I wasn't, I would have stayed on birth control and not even known that I had an issue for, I don't know, a few years later. And then I would have just gone to a secular hospital and probably possibly been misdiagnosed and mistreated. So it's funny because when I decided to stop taking contraception, it was not at a good, at least I didn't think it was in a good point in my life. But by the time we finally figured it out, it was about the time that I would have wanted to be pregnant anyways. So God provides. So I would ask for questions, but I know you can't ask me right now. So I've tried to think of the biggest questions as far as this topic. First question, is an NFP just Catholic birth control? What's the difference? So here's maybe the best answer I found. The Catholic Church is against anything that separates the sexual act from the procreative act. That's part of the reason why IVF is also prohibited. NFP does not separate the two. What makes it different from contraception is that it requires sacrifice. But guess what? Love is sacrifice. So next question, if NFP is so accurate, why do couples who practice NFP have such big families? Answer, it's funny because once you become more open to life, you naturally want to have more kids. At least that's how it was for me. I'm a living witness to that. Before I had changed my mind, I was like, oh, just two or three kids. Yeah, that'll be fine. And afterwards, I was like, oh, I just don't have a magic number. God will provide. But it's true. I think it's because when you become more open to life, you stop thinking about what you want and more about what God wants. And you just look at the bigger picture. You know, it's another eternal soul. I think that's why they're just more open to life. NFP is still just as accurate as the contraception drugs, if you can do it correctly. I myself have not had a whoopsie. I do have friends who have, but it's funny. They'll be like, oh, this was the worst time. And then in hindsight, they're like, you know, I'm, I just can't imagine my life without this baby. So I would recommend though, take a class because 
I tried to figure it out on my own, but it's still nice just to go to someone if you have questions and it's accountability too. Like, it's funny. She was like, well, how often are you checking? And I said, well, now that I know that you're going to ask me, I check more often. <laughs> so I highly recommend if you are really trying to avoid pregnancy to take a class. So anyways, I think that was it for my questions. Oh, and I've also noticed that people who don't do NFP, they tend to think about the practicalities. Like if we had another kid, I'd have to get another car seat and another car seat wouldn't fit in my van. So we'd have to buy a new van. Or maybe they have some health issue like a blood clotting disorder and it would be really dangerous if they had another child. And those are very legit concerns. But like I said before, if it is really unsafe to have a child, NFP is just as accurate if not more accurate than contraception. I don't think I shared this story with you yet. So after I had Joseph, I was nursing. And so you're not very regular right after you have a child. And Ryan was going on a mission trip to the Dominican Republic. And that was during that whole Zika scare. And so at my postpartum visits, they were like, what do you plan on doing for birth control? And I said, oh, I'm Catholic. I do NFP. It's hard when you're in it. But then in hindsight, you're like, oh yeah, I could see I wasn't getting the signs that I was fertile. So I was fine. And I guess I actually feel like there's more control doing NFP once you understand it. It's a learning curve, but I'd rather do that than depend on some drug or surgery and hope it works. It's sacrifice, but it's worth it. So finally, I had a question for you. Why do people have kids? For some people, maybe it's just, man, it's what you do. Or maybe they think it would be a worthwhile experience, which it is. But part of the reason why you have kids in the Catholic Church is because it makes you a better person. And it kind of goes together with marriage. And I never knew this. This is fascinating to me. But the word matrimony comes from the Latin word matrimonius. And that means the making of mothers. One of the biggest purposes of marriage and raising children is it's sanctifying. It's to help you become a better person. And I don't really think that I had never really thought of it that way before. And I love this quote. It says, adults do not raise children. Children raise adults. And the more I've been a parent, the more I agree with that, that they really are sanctifying. So that's all I've got. That's my challenge to you. Cause I know it's so, this was so hard. I struggled so much with this belief and now I'm just so in love with it. So that's my challenge. Be vulnerable, trust God, love is sacrifice. I hope you enjoyed this first episode of Crazy Catholic Convert. Just for clarification, they won't all be about NFP, women's health, that sort of thing, but the next two episodes kind of will be. This topic, contraception, IVF, being pro-life, it's such a hang-up for a lot of people when it comes to the Catholic faith, and I still have more stories to share that will hopefully encourage more thinking and contemplation on the topic. 
In my next episode, I'll share my story about what happened when I did not see a Catholic OB-GYN for one of my pregnancies. I ended up delivering a stillborn daughter at about 19 weeks. We'll never be able to say the cause for certain, but let's just say from now on, I make sure I'm being seen by a Catholic neighbor provider when I'm pregnant. Then the following episode, I will interview NAPRO physician and fellow Catholic convert, Dr. Stroud. I'll attach a link to his story in the description. You won't want to miss this episode, especially if you have or you know someone who has had a late miscarriage. He will give you the honest answer about all the different possible causes for miscarriages, the truth about contraception and IVF, and just lots of good points and science that goes right along with the church teaching. So stick around. I hope you can join me next month. <music>